Welcome to Good to Go, Good to Geek Out, place to go when you want to geek out. This is where you go. Uh, editor, come out of San Antonio, Texas. Today we will be discussing the movie Palm Springs, aka Groundhog Day 2.0. So Rob from San Francisco, Boba Fresh, great to see you. Yeah, looking forward to discussing uh, Palm Springs, a little off topic, not your traditional comic book or geeky movie this week, but uh, I thought an excellent movie. Um, uh, you know, there's been a couple movies that have come along. Uh, Groundhog Day, number one, the, um, the one with Tom Cruise. Uh, somebody refreshed my memory on that one, which was also excellent when they were stuck in the time loop. Uh, day After Tomorrow, I think. Day After Tomorrow. Yeah, I thought that was an excellent movie as well. Uh, and this one put its own special little twist on it. Um, and looking forward to what you guys thought about it. All right. Spoilers uh, ahead. Spoilers ahead. Uh, I mean, just to start it off, it's weird to me how it's advertised as Groundhog Day or somehow like in in the uh, description, it's like a, a Groundhog Day type movie. So they're already tying themselves to something, you know, that's happened already. I do feel it's very different, though. Um, what, what, what did you guys think? Like right, right off top, what was your opinion? Um. In general, yeah, like I thought it was an extremely solid storytelling. It was funny, it was clever, it like worked within its own sense of logic. Um, like it built, it built in its own brokenness, so it never broke itself at any point. Um, and yeah, and the metaphor in regards to the core relationship was, you know, like genuine and heartfelt and and I thought um, very enlightened and especially in the aspect of the Roy subplot which didn't need to be in there like I mean like you know like the, the core of the story could have worked without that but the fact that it is in there and that the story in a sense is you know not just him growing up but you know what what it is to have that arc in your life um, and so to not have Roy there, to like not have like the guy going through like the angry, like I didn't ask to be here, like no, like 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 I wanted to be, I wanted to be somewhere else, and, and now I'm mad at you, and then like the transformation that uh, ends up happening with him, and then the way that the movie wraps up eventually, and uh, yeah, yeah, I thought it was all uh, well cast and, and real clever. Yeah. On that, on, on that note, uh, don't turn it off. There's a stinger. Related to Roy, so but when you think it's over, it's not just for people watching. Lucy, yes. So I had the luxury of knowing nothing about this movie until you guys suggested that we review it, and you said, you know, don't look into it, just watch it. And I watched it cold, having no idea what it was going to be. And um, yeah, so there was a lot of aspects of Groundhog Day in it, um, almost. Uh, you know, the comedy aspect of maybe some wedding crashers going on in there mixed up mm -hmm. with um, Groundhog Day. But, you know, throughout the movie, I, th I thought it asked and answered uh, more philosophical questions uh, than than even Groundhog Day. Groundhog Day kind of stayed to like, well, you need to become your best self and then that's going to release you from from this time loop. There was more to it than that in this movie. And there was, you know, two or three, well, three, I would say three major philosophical questions 
um, that got addressed and answered. And I think Roy was a huge part of the movie. And the, the movie definitely would have been nearly as good without Roy, not just for the comic relief in it, but but for the um, the relationship that they developed towards the end. And then Roy coming to terms with himself, much like uh, the Bill Murray character, I think, came to terms with himself. Um, and see, that's where I think that had Roy not been there, it would have been Groundhog Day. Like the fact that Roy is in there allows for that ending arc that you never get in Groundhog Day. But in the sense of like how a normal movie, if this wasn't direct to video, i.e. direct to Hulu, they would have tried to appease the masses and they would have been like, you know, we need to cut this subplot out. But Possibly. The, the fact that they kept it in and again, yeah, it just has such a rewarding arc that you don't expect to have as part of um as part of the story yeah I, I, anyway I, I thought it was it was real cool that they they added that in so like if we go through the story uh chronologically in the beginning um you know what's going on he's obviously i, I didn't realize how long he had been there already i think it was dead in the beginning um but what you do see is his disgust where he's at in life I'm sure a lot of people can relate to that every time they open their eyes every morning, you know, and like mm-hmm. uh, the philosophical thing there is just, it hits you immediately. So you're like, okay, it's, it's Groundhog Day takes a little longer to work up towards that. It kind of immediately hits you and you're already in the world, whereas Groundhog Day brings you into it and then starts repeating. Mm-hmm. So immediately you're already like, you're learning background while you're also getting like all these other concepts. Yeah. And I really appreciate that. And I, and, the other thing is, I really hated his girlfriend. I she, I didn't, I didn't hate her like as an actor, or actress, or anything like that. But the way she played it was perfect because I did not like her in any iteration of it. And for somebody to be that dislikable takes a skill. And I just, I thought that was kind of cool. I I agree with you. Um, I agree with you on that a lot. It was great. Again, one of those part of great castings and some of the dialogue that ends up just like, you know, working out the bar that they set within the first scene of like, you know, it just not working out. Uh, well, Paul there. Yes. And he's just like. <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God. Whatever. Whatever. But, you know, then he's just like, you know, trust me, there's no iteration that these, there's no iteration in the universe that these two don't end up hooking up. You know, like, it is interesting to think about, like, what is it like to wake up in a relationship that you know is not supposed to wake work? That's not working. Mm -hmm. You know, like, you're in a broken relationship. And and, and the fact that they go through it in the one loop, and he's like, you don't even like me. She's like, I don't like you. That doesn't mean we should break up. (laughs) Like, I don't get broken up with. Yeah, I I think. At some point in time, I think everybody's been in a relationship where they're so comfortable with their other, like, they don't want to be together, but they don't, they don't want to be alone at the same time. And they're together for convenience sake. And they're like, ah, where, where are we going to break up over this? Like, when are we going to break up? Or do we have the energy to? And, um, the, the one, the one question they, that they don't address, you know, they get into, um, I'm blanking on her name right now. But like a lot more of her backstory, but they didn't get into a lot of Adam uh, Sandberg's back. Like, where did he come from? He was just straight in the loop. So I th- even at the end of the movie, you don't know what he was like before the loop. 
you know, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think he ever even says what he does for a living, right? He kind of no. Does. The, the the biggest the biggest uh, reveal you get is that he has a dog. <laughs> you know, that's that's all they ever say about what was going on in his life before he got stuck in the time loop. Um, and I thought philosophically because I was actually listening to a podcast and uh, it was about a guy who had been in uh, uh, a POW for a long time. And when she asked him, what did you do before this? He's like, I, I can't in, even remember, you know, at this point in time, you know, and, and if you think if you're, if you're, you know, I can't remember, you know, specifically what I was doing 20 years ago. I think maybe, but if you're in there for, you know, ah, that's a, that's a tough one. I, well, we, he, he did lie about things to her. Um, and he had to know a little bit more about what was going on in his life and why he kept that a secret. And I don't think that that ends up being a, like, it not being an issue is part of the point. Like, the fact that, like, we find out this thing that, you know, about having a dog. And, like, in our minds, we're like, what, a dog? Like, a dog? Like, that's, a, like, a, like, a huge, like, a huge part of someone's life, you know? Like, that's like saying, hey, I've got a kid that I just haven't been checking in on for the last fucking 10 years. Um and so I think that it is a cool reveal. They do give you one glimpse of him prior at the very end with Roy. And like you see, like he's in the tuxedo and he's like, he's way more like, Oh, right. He's, yeah, right, 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 right. Like, um, and you know, just being at, you know, being the boyfriend of someone at a wedding. Trust me, I've been there. Uh, <laughs> you don't necessarily want to just talk to every stranger that walks up to you with, the, with the straw hat on. <laughs> um, it, 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 so, so uh, you know, however you're going to mentally pr- uh, pr- pr- protect yourself from the situation you're in, and his is just be, to become a complete nihilist, and he ends up, you know, drawing somebody else into into it with him, you know, not intentionally. Lucy, what's his name? Adam Sandberg. The character's name. You got that wrong already. Oh, it's Nihilist. No, it's it's Niles, and you just oh, it is not nihilist. Oh, wow! Wow! Made that point. Wow! Good catch there. That's a great catch. I think he's also Andy Samberg. Oh, yeah, right, right. Yeah, that's a great catch. No, that there's definitely something to be said about that Niles, and and then the way he lives his life nihilistically Mm -hmm. without, you know, without having to worry about tomorrow. And let me ask you guys, what do you think the dinosaur scene meant? I have taken shrooms in Joshua Tree at night, and I've definitely had similar experiences. And I think that it just kind of taps into, like, the natural beauty of that Palm Springs Joshua Tree area. There was one time that I was, and I'm not saying that he was, I was, I'm not saying that he was, but Dwight fucking, we were boulder swimming and he freaked out because he thought there was a puma or like some kind of mountain lion like hiding inside the rocks. And like, <laughs> nah, dude, I went, I went to Joshua Tree with Woolsey and Dwight and we camped out and there was this, we were, we were doing the same thing, kind of rock climbing and stuff. And there was this rock I just could not get over. And the next morning I'm like, I'm going to go find. What is that? I'm gonna climb it because if I can't accomplish it now, I'll do it one tomorrow. Mm-hmm. It was three feet tall. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, maybe maybe it's kind of just going on like you know, like Joshua Tree is that magical shroom place, and that you do see things in the distance. That, you know, like those dinosaurs are, were there because they were the mountain formations that you see off in the distance when you're uh, tripping, and they just kind of 
exist for everybody, you know. But anyway, um, um, to get to, to get to the thing, uh, yeah, no, uh, let's you know talk about Sarah. She was phenomenal. Uh, her casting and the way that she played everything was so cool and just so well thought out and methodical and her character maintained the same logic throughout the entire thing. Like, um, and her dedication to like how she solves problems and like, like when she's just like, okay, well, uh, I'm just driving to Austin. Like I'm driving all the way home. I'm going to stay up, blah, 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 blah. Like when I get home, I'm going to fall asleep and everything's going to be fine. And I've been there before. I've I've walked into my house and like they had the lighting and everything perfect of like yeah. what it just feels like and I was just I felt I felt grimy and I was like you know this is just part of that like great lighting that's happening um, but that sense of problem solving ends up continuing when she's just like okay well I'm getting out of here like I'm gonna learn quantum physics like boom 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 like X Y Z like this is this is how you problem solve. Uh, just an amazing, an amazing arc that I in, I think ends up being the heart of the story, because when she when she go, talks to her sister at the wedding, like you know, it's you know she's already stuck in the loop and she like, whispers in her sister's ear and her sister just like kind of falls out and she walks away, and then we get that reveal later with uh, with the fiance and just being like oh. Superman. Yeah. With Superman, I couldn't, I, I I couldn't stop seeing that. I couldn't it was stop. really hard for me yeah. too, man. <laughs> it was really, really hard. Um, but it was like a dope reveal, you know, like, and it really just showed this different part of the character, and it also added to that philosophical idea of like he was waking up to a bad relationship. She was like waking up to like what? So, I philosophically speaking, that you know. To wake up to the worst thing you have ever done in your entire life, hungover, sleeping with your sister's fiance the day before a wedding. That that's a, that's a living hell right there. I mean, if you if you want to look at like some what some people would consider hell, reliving the worst thing you ever did over and over and over again. She was stuck in hell, and then she went off, you know, with Niles and just did the most like let's just like party it up and and trying to like it's like somebody trying to cover up their trauma with drugs is what she got into and then it wasn't until she started to try to address that problem and her and her love and relationship with Niles and then you know oh she finally sleeps with them I guess she realized that they were in love together and then bam she wakes up with the worst thing she ever did again in her entire life and that and and from that point on she's like I'm I'm gonna use my problem solving skills to find a way out of here and that's when she gets into the quantum physics. But uh, yeah, so so much trauma there for her. Um, and then falling in love made her, you know, want to want to get out of it and move on with her life. So I thought that was kind of interesting, philosophically speaking. I mean, she's the, the mother from How I Met Your Mother, and I feel like the character she plays in this is the one they meant to create in the show. Like somebody that you are kind of drawn to. She's smart. No, she's cute. I, I mean, she's she's a she's a fuck up that her she's a fuck up that her family doesn't trust, and that's nothing that Ted would end his life with and have as, as his mother. Oh, I, 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 mean, I no, 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 no. I mean the way that she gets through it is because, like, 
in the show, I mean, I don't want to like derail this too quickly, but she's nothing on the show. Yeah, she she is a two dimensional character on the yeah. show. I don't think that they would have made her have this interesting of a background. No, you're right. Maybe, maybe, maybe. Not and t- at least not someone that Ted would end up with. Oh, um, she she uh, hold on, but she is also oh. the character in the Black Mirror episode, the um, Star Trek episode that they have, and so I feel like a lot of the strength of her character from that one crossed over into this, where she just, you know, dominated scenes and she held her own, like, even up until the end before they walk in, you know, like, they're having the traditional I love you running through the airport connection, and she's just like, you know, I don't need you to be happy, like, like, I can just go on, you know, but life would be less mundane without you, you know, like, you know, like, there's just such a realism in that relationship that broke away from the normal cliche aspect of it, where she has her own agency and she has her own capacity, you know, like she didn't have to go and tell him about that. And she definitely didn't have to tell Roy. Yeah. And so, you know, like in like Lucy saying, like, you know, to have that one point in your life where you're just like, I'm changing, like I'm changing who I am and how I interact with the world. Um, And mind you, she's a confrontational person. She keeps like, Telling Niles, like, confront Roy, confront Roy, confront Roy. Uh, that sure. car crash scene was wild. <laughs> yeah, I think that's the beauty of Roy as a character is that when you see him in the beginning, he's just, you know, teed up, camouflaged, trying to hurt him as much as possible. And then um, as it progresses, I think the, the metaphor I saw is when you first see Roy, he eats that tuna tartare and is like, eh, whatever. And then when you see mm-hmm. him later at home, He's trying to make it himself and make it better, like make a good version. Wow. And then when uh, when Adam, when Andy Samberg's like, kill me so that way I can – I don't want to go through traffic home. Just kill me so I can wake up tomorrow. And he's still kind of like, uh-huh, really? You want me to? You know what I mean? Like he, at that point, he, he has come to terms with everything, and he's a, he's a way different person than you see in the beginning. It's interesting because there's a couple of – characters that have big arcs that are like you know like are these celestial beings that are within it the old white lady who comes up and is like you know this that's the best wedding speech i've ever heard and you know uh, all that and then she comes up to um sarah at the end and is all you know like i guess she'll be leaving now you know like have have a good trip and like they don't like get into it um so i thought that that was like like these cool brush strokes towards you can put your own interpretation into it. And in the solid storytelling of making Roy look just far enough away where it's inconvenient for him <laughs> to, to come up. Was was great. Palm Springs. Yeah, it was great. It's like a three and a half hour long drive. <laughs> right? Hey, you gotta and, be ready for it if you're coming to there. <laughs> and then they throw in at the, uh, the other end. He's like, you know, can you just kill, you know, can you just kill me now so I can beat the traffic, you know? Like, just the level of LA-ness in that joke is is fucking hilarious, you know? Like, it's, yeah, like, it's it works on a lot of levels. It was great writing. Um, yeah, I wanted to uh, uh, talk about the, the old lady, the older lady, and the three different possibilities, and maybe Ed saw something different. Um, but possibility number one, she's just caught in the time loop, and, she, you know, she she's not repeating in it, but... 
you know, Sarah had the eye raise and she did mention, so she might be in the time loop just like the the other three of them. Yeah. Or the other thing, she might be almost like a, a mother god character, like watching this all go down and, and she, you know, she's, you know, the, the celestial being in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, and, it, I mean, it, like you said, you could interpret that three different ways. Um, I... And I'm kind of struggling between, you know, whether she's in the time loop and just happy being in the time loop, being at the end of her life, being to, you know, be in a, in a loving moment, like watching a wedding, like through eternity or, you know, and just being comfortable with that and, and watching things go down. Or is she the omnipotent kind of celestial being that is in, yeah. in some ways pulling the strings? Yeah, no, I, I did not think about her being stuck in the loop. That's a really interesting point because she, it, you know, you know, dissecting her words. She's like, you know, like you wouldn't imagine the amount of weddings I've been in. He's like, you wouldn't imagine the amount I've been in. And, um, yeah. yeah. She could also be like a mother Gaia figure just giving her approval when they finally are ready to like move on. Well, she says, well, that's what's really interesting because when she comes to Sarah, she says, you know, my, my mother died when I was really young also. Um, and so it, she is like bringing in that maternal energy yeah, to sure. like you know, what's happening. And, and not, not just like, are you ready? You're ready. You must be ready to leave the, 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 the wedding as it's going down. She's come to terms. She gives the best speech in like, in like, like honoring her sister and, and like, you're the little sister, but you've taught me more. And then just given, given that look to her fiance, like, look, like, I love my sister. I'm not going to ruin this, but you're not going to ruin this or I'm going to fucking kill you. And as a, he, as a, he, gets, he gets it too. I think as, a, as opposed to whatever she probably whispered in her ear earlier, which was probably just like, Hey, I fucked your fiance. Yeah. yeah. Like that, oh, I, that's the noble thing to do. <laughs> I don't think she, I don't think she would have said it like that, but yes, <laughs> that information was getting imparted, but I will point to that one scene, like going back and rewatching it, they do a good job with no red herrings, no, like we're going to make you look the other way, but this is what it really is. That seems the only thing that seems off or inconsistent because as she tells her sister that and her sister's like kind of like having this breakdown, she turns around and like kind of smiles. Yeah, it's it's interesting that they would keep that conversation private because right before that, I think what she what she tells Niles is like, I'm going to do the most selfless thing yeah, ever exactly. to get out of here. So, you know, it, it, obviously that's a subjective thing. And it, and it find, you know, I think what she finds out towards the end of that movie, the selfless thing is to let her sister be happy and, mm -hmm. and give her that great send off. So what, what she told her there is, is kind of interesting. Is it something that was going to make her happy or did she tell her the truth? Uh, so if we close it out, uh, what's your opinion on what the portal was? A MacGuffin. Um, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say a wormhole. I don't know. Fucking boom tube. I don't know. What it is. Yeah. You know, like the, it was blood red. You know, there's there are implications with the cave and a vagina and rebirth and like all of these things and the idea that it's cycling through there. And she's the one who ends up figuring out how to get out of there and take control of it. Um, so I think that there is like, I don't think that it's the power of the pussy. I don't think that it's a pussy portal, but I do think that it does have more than just a simple MacGuffin representative in this idea of what it looks like for re for this uh, pattern of rebirth and the colors weren't chosen accidentally. 
How dare you say pussy portal before I do? That's something I would say. <laughs> Got you. I beat you to it. I appreciate it. Uh, I would say, okay, I'm going to close it out. It's a must-watch. I will put it on the must-watch list for people. I don't yeah. think everybody's going to like it, but I think everybody can find something in it. And, uh, it, yeah, it is, it is something that, uh, it's, you know, you, you, you see rarely where you can interpret it many different ways, and it, it engages you mentally more than just visually. You have to watch that movie actively. Anyway, uh, checking out Rob Lucy coming from, from Yuba City today. Put Palm Springs on your must-watch list. Um, I agree with you 100%. Editor, come out of San Antonio, Texas. I do feel like this was a geeky type of movie, so if you're a geeky person, there's definitely a sci-fi um, aspect to it. And just remember, if you're ever stuck in a time loop, you don't want to die slowly in the ice. <laughs> That's true. And this is Boba Fresh coming from San Francisco. I thought that it was a really solid movie. Really do recommend watching it and watching it a couple times to kind of pick up on its rhythm and its and its motions. There's, I'm sure, like a lot of different things in there that we could still break down. The bartender. <laughs> the bartender oh, was, yeah, was yeah. great. You know, like it was, it was solid character building that didn't need to be there, but it ends up just being like this. So, I like your haircut. Me too. (laughs) You know, like so. Yeah. All in all, it was just one of the best written, filmed, and very like important edited. Like this is one of the best edited movies, and nothing is more important to a time travel movie than the editing and how things are placed in order for us to uh for us to think things i recommend watching it i hope i didn't give too much away thank you for you gave everything away <laughs> good to kick out right on